0: Welcome, welcome all to the Pro Football Radio Podcast. This is your co-host, Jake Timo, with the pride and joy of Merrimack, New Hampshire, the Puma, and the Pro Football Senior Contributor Eric Burgess, aka Burgess. Fellas, welcome into
1: Podcast 87. Podcast 87, Hard Knocks is back. The preseason's rolling. Tell your friends, tell your friends, we're getting closer to week one. Mm-hmm.
2: Dude, I can't wait you know got our first taste of it last night we'll get into that i I'm just ready for the season to start
1: my god it was a beautiful sight to see it never I never thought I would be excited to see preseason football well the majority of the population was excited except Karen Florio but everyone else in the western world was excited to see preseason football and you know friggin fine by me it was a beautiful sight and uh I mean, there's a couple of games going on right now. A G- couple of decent matchups. You got the Bills and the Lions, Titans and yeah. Falcons. You know, but hey, it's great to see. You know, the NFL calendar is slowly ticking away down to down to Week One. Puma, you
0: got your uh, Josh Allen jersey on right now? Watching that Bills game? No,
1: no, no, no not yet. No, <laughs> it's it's uh, it's it's hanging up in the closet. You know, it's it's all good. I don't need that for preseason.
0: Okay. Okay. Well speaking of preseason, uh, last night the New England Patriots took on the Washington football team. We'll break that down for you guys. We'll talk about the performances of both the Cam Newton and Mac Jones, and then we'll round it out with some discussion on Carson Wentz and his uh, latest injury. But you guys are spot on right, man. It is, is beautiful to watch him football last night. I have a brother come over. My sister's trying to get into some football. She's trying to pick a football team. I'm trying to push Justin Herbert and the Chargers on her. She's liking the Raiders and their uniforms for some reason. Nice.
2: <laughs> Good, sister. Good. Just, just show her a picture of Mark Davis and see if she still likes him. Nah,
1: nah. Just show her a picture of Darren Waller it's fine yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah so it's uh it's, it's good man like you know it was good to see some uh some fans in the stands last night at Gillette oh, I think they had absolutely. close to what 50,000 people um mm-hmm. which is by far the most ever since COVID hit but listen we're a month away you know this is my favorite time of the year the leaves start changing you, you get to become uh, yeah. you know you get to become a little sap and go you know apple picking you watch some football it's fucking awesome life is great you know <laughs>
1: Hey,
2: it's my say, favorite time of the year, man. Tell tell your year.
1: sister, tell your sis, if she picks the Raiders, I will buy her a Darren Waller jersey. Oh I really? Will, I will I will bankroll that. Okay. She, if she if she goes the Raiders, I'm a man of my word. Mm-hmm. I will I will get the Darren Waller jersey. Let's 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 go. I'll send it to her. It'll be going to Columbus. Okay. It'll be it'll be great.
0: Well, so I was talking to her about this the other night and like she's, you know, you know, me being back home and my brother being around, we're like, we all watch so much sports and she wants to hang out with us. She's our younger sister. So, you know, she really got into basketball. You know, she was big on Trey Young and Atlanta Hawks. Um, she mm. was rooting for them. And now, you know, we started watching football and she's like, oh, what do I do now? Like, do I pick a team? And I'm like, yes, you do. I've been waiting 24 fucking years for you to say those words.
2: fucking <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: And now you finally said it. So let's do this. Let's do this right. And I started talking to her about. Well, listen, you know, if you want to play the smart route and you to be, uh you you want to be a winner, you choose the Kansas City Chiefs for the next fifteen. You years, want to right? be a winner.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then she's like, Nah, nah, nah. I'm not really feeling that. She's she's very like you know. She's kind of like Hugh Puma, where she goes against the grain. If everybody else is doing it and she's not feeling it, she has to discover herself. You know. Yeah. um so Alright, guys, you ready to talk about some football? Yes.
2: Oh, yes. Let's get into Let's it. Let it roll. Alright, alright.
0: So, last night, the New England Patriots took on the Washington football team uh, in the first preseason game. Uh, at the end of the day, the, the Patriots won, but really nobody cares about the final score. Uh, these preseasons game, you know, they really don't matter in the grand scheme of things when it comes to standings or win loss records, but they matter more about the evaluation of the players. So, we saw Cam Newton out there, and then we saw Mac Jones for the first time in some live reps. Um, obviously, we we'll hit on that, but let me turn over Burge first, and he's a resident Patriots fan on here. So, what was your initial impression of the game last night? What did you like, what you didn't like? And if you want to give us a breakdown of the Cam versus uh, Mac Jones uh, battle, uh, and what you thought about that as well.
2: So, uh, well, I'll, I'll get to the, the quarterbacks at the end here, but what really stood out to me, uh, first of all, was the depth of the New England rushing attack. I mean, with Damian Harris out there, he broke off some nice runs before he left the game. Uh, J.J. Taylor was a nice surprise. Um, you know, kind of gives off that Deion Lewis type vibe co- considering, you know, he, he mirrors him physically and, you know, he's shifty just like that as well. I was really impressed with him. And then, you know, say what you want about Ramondre Stevenson's run being at the end of the game, but that 91-yard ripoff mm-hmm. to, to seal the game at the end, not that they needed it. Was very very impressive. Um, you know, he was pulling away from those defenders like basically the whole way, and he's a big dude. Like he drew, drew comparisons to LeGarrette Blunt, You know, when they drafted him um, to be that that same type of back, and I was just very impressed. And you know, I I have to say, I think the odd man out of this this bunch here, because I can't, I don't think they can keep all of them, is going to be, you know, uh, just Sony Michelle. I think they didn't pick up his fifth year option. I think he might be the odd man out. We'll see what you know the rest of the preseason brings. Uh, on that front but um another guy that stood out to me a lot was Matthew Judon I mean Mm -hmm. he was getting you know he was a beast on the front uh on the front there you know early in the game had a little bit of a scare there with his you know that that knee potential knee injury um luckily it looked like it was just a stinger he came walking out of the tent pretty quickly after that um seemed like he was not happy that the whoever the offensive lineman was went low on him there um you know in the preseason um so th- th- those were the two biggest things. Um, the biggest downside, you know, there's it, still some serious question marks about the Patriots secondary. Um, you know, as a whole, obviously Stephon Gilmore wasn't out there. Um, you know, a couple of nice plays. They did have an interception with uh, with Williams there. Um, I'm sorry. I think that Williams got beat on that two-point conversion. I thought that mm-hmm. that was a catch personally. Um you know it, still some question marks there so going forward these next two games i really want to see some improvement out of those other guys um just to get some confidence back in that defense that's, that was their defensive strength last year i want to see that be a, a big big strength for that defense again for, for a team that's really going to rely on their defense in terms of the quarterbacks i mean i i feel we saw a lot of the same from cam newton uh mm-hmm. you know, that we saw last year he did make some nice throws had some bad throws Um, I don't fault him for the almost fumble that he had. Isaiah Wynn got absolutely torched by Chase Young on that. Chase Young was an absolute Ah, beast on that play. Made Isaiah Wynn look like a fool. Yep. (laughs) And, you know, Cam Newton did good to just make sure it was an incompletion, to be honest with you. I mean, it didn't fumble it. So, um, but at the end of the day, the story, you know, for me was Mac Jones. I was very, you know, he, he exceeded what I expected to see out of him in his first game action. Um, He looked very poised out there, calm, confident. Didn't seem, you know, overwhelmed by the spotlight, you know, being in the NFL for his first game action. Had an absolutely beautiful throw, deep throw that was dropped in the end zone. Um, That was an absolutely perfect throw in my eyes. You know, the offense just looked like a traditional, like New England NFL offense with him in there. And, you know, that that was my biggest takeaway, and I'm looking forward to seeing what, you know, he can do you know, the next two weeks here to see if he can maybe steal the job.
0: Yeah. Puma. I mean, what's, what was your takeaways from, uh, from that game last night? I know you were on your, on the edge of your seat watching the Patriots, right?
1: I mean, <laughs> I was more on the side of the Washington football team. Uh, I, I figured like this. I know you had a boner be,
0: the whole time. Telling Hanneke was this, out there. This is going to yeah, be, oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> <the> back shows.
1: <laughs> Hanneke. But no, I mean, to, to, to echo, to echo what Burt just said. And I, Jay, I'm gonna guess you're gonna say something along the similar lines too. Like Matt Jones looked like he had a good grasp of the offense. He was calling the right protections. He was getting everybody going. He had a lot of he, he had a decent amount of throws. Uh, everything looked good. Um, you know, Damian Harris for the action that he was in, he looked great. Like he looked like he was ready to just start the season right there. Stevenson, I think you know might be a little bit of news. I'm with you. I think uh, the clock is ticking on on Sony Michelle. But, I mean, for for the Washington football team, that was kind of where I was at in life, and I said it, like, right after the draft that the Washington football team, for fantasy purposes at least, was going to be a fun team to watch with, you know, with Gibson and, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick throwing the ball deep every play, Logan Thomas, uh, you know, Jonathan Williams. Uh, you know the, the list goes on and on, and we kind of saw it in game action. And you know Ryan Fitzpatrick for for what he had for the first quarter, he looked he looked good. Like he he got people involved. He took a couple of big hits from Matthew Judon. Like Judon was causing havoc. All that off. Fantasy-wise, like, is he going to have 100 catches like he did last year? No, because last year he had four quarterbacks and three of them were just dinking and dunking everything underneath. But I think he could get, you know, about maybe 70, 75 receptions. I, I think Terry McLaurin's is going to eat in this offense with Ryan Fitzpatrick or, or Taylor Heineke, for that matter, which, listen, you guys want to clown on me about Heineke, that's fine. But I think we can <laughs> all agree on the eye test that he might have been the best quarterback on the field Last night, granted, it's preseason. I get that. But, I mean, he he had a decent grasp of the offense. He was uncorking the ball down deep. He can move. He's mobile in the pocket. So, I don't know. I don't think it's going to be a quarterback controversy in Washington. I think it's going to be Fitzpatrick's job at least week one. But if we get a Ryan Fitzpatrick typical game where it's like five interceptions and they lose by like 30 points, uh, Taylor Heineke would be – wouldn't be that far of a drop off, uh, performance wise, in this offense.
0: Well, I don't know who this Taylor Heineke person is because I only saw the white Michael Vick out there last night. I mean, the pride this guy. of old <laughs> Dominion. Put
1: respect yeah. on that name. Yeah, I know,
0: Boomer. You're right. I think he was definitely the best quarterback out there last night. Um, and and this Washington football team, you know. I think they're going to be really good. I mean, I had the Dallas Cowboys win that division, but, you know, with Chase Young and that defense and the fact that they can run the ball. Defensive
1: player of the year. Mm -hmm. Put it on the board Mm -hmm. right now. And that's that's a a good pick,
0: man. I mean, I wouldn't argue against that. But they seem to be a really strong team, man. They've got the running game with Antonio Gibson. they got Logan Thomas. they got uh, a tight end. You've got, obviously, Terry McLaurin at wide receiver. And then the quarterback, I mean, it, it really is going to hinge on, is it going to be Fitzmagic or Fitz-Tragic? You know, we've seen this many many times throughout the 10 years and the 14 different teams he's been on. The man will have three good games and then seven bad games, and everybody just seems to forget those seven bad games. Um, if, I'm, if I'm Ron Nero, I, I give some serious consideration to maybe, you know, seeing how Taylor Heineke develops over the next, I would say, five, six weeks. And if in the middle of the season, you know, the offense isn't looking that good, I would put the kid out there, man. I mean, you saw the spark he gave uh, to that team in the playoff game against Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, that, that's uh, something that if you can bottle up and try to replicate, uh-huh. this team could be very, very dangerous to, to mess with. But on the other end, you know, my New England Patriots. And, and uh, it's probably the most anticipated Patriots preseason game. That i've ever you know wanted to watch um you know it's one of those things where i want to see how the free agents were going to look how the rookies were going to look and right off the bat it looks like the strength of our team is going to be obviously a running attack like you brought up Burge. and um, we've got such a diverse group of running backs it's not just that we have a few of them every single one of them is good at something else right james i can catch out of the backfield Damian harris has a bunch of wiggle and some strength a reminder stevenson's a big dude that has some breakaway speed so this is a very diverse you know uh Room of running backs Our offensive line looked good last night um, I still have concerns about uh, The wide receiver group um, You know, I was hoping to kill Harry Will be able to replicate some of his you know, Stellar play that he's had so Ghost. far I know, right? And, and a lot of people say That he was beating uh, Juwan Williams Consistently in camp and, you know, if he went up against somebody else, he wouldn't beat them. And it seems like that was the case last night. So I was hoping to see more out of him. But the one real concern I have is going to be our secondary. And obviously, if Stefan Gilmore comes back, all this washes away. But we're starting to get to the point where I thought Stefan Gilmore would have been back already. I thought, you know, by before the first preseason game, we heard some rumblings. he have been back. Um, but we're at this point now where it looks like we're going to next week, uh, week two of preseason. Uh, and he still isn't going to be back. And if that's the case, then JC Jackson is going to be our number one corner. But then who's going to take that number two cornerback spot? I mean, Jalen Mills, I mean, I hate to admit it, Puma, but you might be right about that, about that free agency Mm -hmm. signing. He looked pretty Mm -hmm. bad last night. Um, And then further along the line, Juwan Williams, he had some good plays. He had some spotty plays as well. So uh, I'm concerned about the the cornerbacks. Now, obviously, the main key here is going to be the quarterbacks and what we saw out of Cam Noon and Mac Jones. Right off the bat, um, you know, I think Cam Noon and both Mac Jones were fairly similar in their play. Um, You know, both of them had two drives in the first half. Both of them had one drive that stalled out and one drive that actually produced some sort of uh, uh, momentum and got down the field. So, you know, for Cam Newton, man, this is I feel like we're just a broken record over and over again. We're just saying the same crap. I don't see any sort of improvement at all. I mean, people are always saying, you know, he's out in the playbook, he needs more players, he needs more talent around him. I mean, I know some preseason game one, uh, but right off the bat, with what we saw last night in a vacuum, he doesn't look any better than he was last year. Now, Mac Jones, I I was pleasantly surprised at what I what I saw out of him. I you know. He didn't like wow me and he didn't have obviously the the stellar off the charts performance but he had a a good you know b plus sort of performance for me a couple of really good drives a couple of drives where he looked like a rookie um but when he's in the offense you can just tell you know it's just more efficient it just looks more flowing it looks like a patriots offense what i was really impressed was coming out of the halftime Belchak let him run the two minute offense right he was basically just changing plays at the line he was basically calling his own plays calling protections and in a way, you know, Belcher was almost, you know, showing what the kid could do. So I, I really like what I saw out of Mac Jones. Uh, and obviously we'll open the discussion up to should he start week one. But in my mind, I think we know who Cam Newton is for the last year, year and a half. And I think it's time we give the reins over to Mac Jones and live with the ups and downs. You know, there might be some weeks where he looks great and some weeks where he might not look so great. But hopefully at the end of the year, we'll have a solid starting quarterback. So... I want to ask you guys: Should Mac Jones be the number one uh, week one starter, or is this going to be Cam Newton?
1: Oh, I just want to say real quick: I don't understand why you're burying Nikhil Harry. That guy had one reception for four yards. He was the backbone okay. of the uh, of the <laughs> offense last night. But no, Janet, to answer your question, and you know, I'm starting to come around to you know, I, I don't want Burge to jump from a high place, but like your line of thinking in regard to first round quarterbacks, where mm-hmm. if you're taking that high in the first round like it is the expectation that you're going to start like if my guy to and my guy is a very loose term my guy is the team term uh to your guys josh Moa, allen uh well granted like josh allen didn't start with his first week he he kind of got railroaded by uh what's his nuts uh Tyron, Ederman, right and the rest the rest is history Oh yeah. um but no i mean if if You know, Tua Tagovailoa basically started, you know, week six, and that's open to debate as well, too. But, like, coming off of a a devastating hip injury, Mac Jones should be able to start within the first three Mm -hmm. weeks of the NFL Mm -hmm. season. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he he did enough. Like, he did enough. He had enough plays that kind of gave you hope, and then he had enough plays where you saw that, okay, this guy is clearly a rookie, and it's welcome to the NFL kid. But... You're going to have to live with the ups and downs. You're going to have to throw the kid in the pool and see if he's going to swim to the side or if he's going to sink to the bottom and the lifeguard's got to get him out. And if the lifeguard's Cam Newton, then so be it. But at some point, the kid's going to take the reins. I, If I was a Pats fan and if I'm Pats management, I would rather just get the growing pains out of the way week one and not be like the Dolphins in week five, six, seven in a playoff hunt and we're going to keep yanking the kid back and forth and treating Ryan Fitzpatrick like he's a closing pitcher for a Major League Baseball team.
0: Yeah. I mean, like, and I'll let you jump in here in a second, Burge, but like, Puma, you're spot on right with the, the way I think in regards to how quarterbacks taken that high should play immediately because, you know, the NFL in the college game has never been this close. You're seeing concepts run that Alabama ran last year that the Patriots run this year, right? I mean, a lot of these kids have such great ecosystems as young quarterbacks. That's way better
2: than what, obviously, Tom Brady had back in early 2000. I'm, I'm very much trending in that direction. Um, there we I've, go. All right. I, I, I've, I've always thought when they brought Cam Newton back, no matter what they did, if they didn't bring in another veteran, it was going to be him starting week one. Um, you know, and I was watching the, uh, the post game on Boston Sports Tonight with, you know, Felger and, you know, all those guys and Tom Curran, and they were talking, like, the way the game was managed in terms of, like, reps in the game and all that, Cam Newton played reps in this game like he was an established starter for a team. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys noticed that. He played, like, three series, right? Two series? Two series, yep. And that was it, and he was out. So he didn't give off the vibe that there was a competition there, and I don't Mm -hmm. know if, you know, you can read it, you know, one of two ways. You can read it that way, or you can read it, they really wanted to get the kid in and get him extended action. Um I saw enough last night from him that, you know, obviously we have two more preseason games to go here, but if I'm if it's gone to my head right now, I want I want Mac Jones starting week one. Mm-hmm. I, I think that, you know, like you said, Jay, you know, I'm ready to live with the highs and the lows. I mean, you're gonna live with the highs and the lows with Cam Newton in there anyways. Mm-hmm. So why not give it to the kid who you have signed for four years and try to build something? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think
0: the yeah. lows for, for Cam are just so drastically low. Like, I, I think even if you have a low for Mac Jones in, in a bad week, I think he would still look reputable. It, I mean, it would be better than Ryan Fitzpatrick out there. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know we have a man question on Taylor Heineke,
2: but I think it would be better than that, right? Yeah, uh, Heineke! Uh, well, well, I mean, I mean, Mac Jones could go out there and toss five picks. I mean, you know, granted, the, the thing that I took away from, you know, with Mac Jones, the, the, the biggest thing I took away last sir, night was I mean, um, the, the... It looks like a router issue decision-making that he made. Okay. He, he was making sound decisions. He was not turning the football over. And, you know, he, the, the, the throws, he, yes, there's going to be throws that he's going to miss. And, you know, he's going to be inaccurate at times and, you know, he may overthrow a pass. It gets picked off, but his decision-making last night, was incredible. You know, he didn't. He was he was checking down when he needed to check down. Mm-hmm. He was changing the protections. You know, I thought that two minute drive that he ran last night was his best drive of the game. Mm-hmm. He was up there. He was in command on that drive. Granted, they stalled out, but and I thought he had the first down when he uh, when he when he scrambled on that you know on that third down play. But I I see enough there where you can build off it. If that makes sense.
0: Now, you know, like, Bird, you know me. I like to see both sides of the story, right? I'm a very esteemed podcaster. Here we go. I think, right I think it, would, <laughs> it would not be fair for me to bring up the fact that we did not see the greatest asset of Cam Newton, and we won't see it till week one, which is his running ability. Obviously, you're not going to run and take on heavy hits in a preseason game or in a training camp, but I think if you were to make a case for Cam Newton, it would be the fact that, all right, both of them look the same. Obviously, last night, both of us thought that Cam Newton and Mac Jones were somewhat the same um, in regards to the output. But what pushes Cam over the edge is the fact that he can run. He can put down his head if it's third mm-hmm. down and three at the three-yard line for a touchdown. He can get those three yards and get you a touchdown. So I, I think that's the one thing if the Cam Newton defenders want to come out and say is the fact that he can run, that should set him apart right now.
2: Yeah, I mean, very, very much the case. I mean, obviously, Mac Jones, you know, doesn't have electric speed. Uh, I mean, I thought he made a great decision on that, that place to tuck it down and try to get the first down. He knew he had a short-yarded situation. Like I said, I thought he got it. I thought the, I thought the refs last night, you know, we haven't yeah, I even mean, touched that. They were atrocious last night. You know, it's clearly preseason for them. I hate refs, and, you know, you know me. I always like to critique them. Mm-hmm. And they were they were just bad last night. You know, Jacoby Myers makes an incredible catch. They call it incomplete and you know um, that that spot on that fourth on that uh, third down run by Jones, you can clearly see the official running at a diagonal line to spot that ball. So, yeah. um, like I said, Mac Jones, you, you see, I saw enough there where you can build off it, and I want to see him take a ne- the next step this week. You know, against Philly.
0: And I want to get one last point before you jump in. I'm sorry, like I, I think. I, you know, I've watched Mac Jones quite a bit at Alabama, and I've seen him you know, torch my Ohio State Buckeyes in the national championship game. And watching him last night, I was like, wait a minute, where's the zip on his arm? It looks different in college with the ball exploding off his arm just because, you know, there's bigger windows, his wide receivers are running down the field wide open. I didn't see that last night, and I, and I think his arm looked a little, just a little bit on the... On the uh, on the slow side so that's just something to watch obviously it's just first impressions a lot has to happen from here on until the end of the season but I just don't remember this watching at Alabama I was watching him last time thinking is this something wrong with the shoulder like why isn't why isn't zip on that ball like I seen over the last year or so at Alabama
1: well I mean you said it yourself at times last year when we were talking about kind of going into the draft of what the quarterbacks looked like and it always we always had that same question, Jay, of was it the quarterback and the system at, or, or the system at Alabama, right? Like, you know, what you, you said it yourself one time that the wide receiver would beat his guy, have enough time to camp underneath, wait for the ball, and then run for the touchdown. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that might be on par. It's just that now you're seeing it in live NFL speed instead of, you know, 18, 19, 20-year-old kids where some of the school's defense is optional. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and it's not even, like, full-on live, you know, week one. Right, you're against going the against ones and threes. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's not even, like, live full action yet in the NFL. And, and I do remember thinking to myself last night, wait a minute, like, is this shoulder hurt? Like, why isn't the ball traveling at a at a higher speed. And you know, by any means, like you don't need a massive cannon to be successful in the NFL. He's gonna have to be very efficient. He's gonna have to get the ball out of his hand as soon as possible. He's gonna have to throw with anticipation. A lot of things that Brady did, but but even Brady's arm looks way, way better than what obviously Mac has shown you. And that shouldn't be the case for a 24 year old quarterback coming to the league against a 44 year old quarterback, no matter the GOAT status. I mean, you can throw, throw that aside. It's just pure physical throwing ability. I just wish there was a bit more on his balls.
2: Do, do you think there was a little bit of yips there then? Do you think that has that played a part in it? Could be. You know, you, you uh, yeah. didn't see it, you didn't see it in terms of his decision making, but maybe, you know, he was a little nervous when he was letting these balls go that he wasn't putting his full zing behind it.
0: I I don't know. Um I hope that's the case, right? And obviously as we'll see more in week 2 and you know, as the preseason progresses, but I I hope there's more behind that cannon, man. Because if that's the arm strength that he's going to bring to the NFL like week six, when all the ones are out there, when I mean, obviously we're not playing the Rams this year, but let's say you're playing Aaron Donald and you're playing Jalen Ramsey. Like that arm talent last night is not going to cut it.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, like you said, it's first impression, you know, yeah. hopefully, you know, like we want to see him build on it. And that's that's what we're going to be looking for, you know, the next two weeks. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and I'm not obviously, you know, just this just is nitpicky here. Overall, I think he looked like the better quarterback. He was the best quarterback on the Patriots roster. And that's just me being nitpicky here. Just something to keep an eye on. But, you know, to round out this discussion, I, I do believe we've seen enough out of his baseline is just his baseline already is better than Cam's, like, you know, best that we've seen the last year and a half. So I would roll with Mac Jones week one, um, get him out there, and see what happens.
1: Right, because, I mean, at the end of the day, like, let's say he does have a, you know, air quote weak arm. I'm kind of in the camp of I just don't think he wanted to make any fucking mistakes the first mm-hmm. game out. So, like, let's just play it safe kind of deal. But, like, if that is but, but his Puma, arm, but, Puma,
0: but Puma, like, I think he did play it safe, though. And I'm sorry to keep cutting you off here, though. Last night he was 13 of 19. For 100 yards, right? I mean, made like 87 yards in total, so a lot of his throws were close to line of scrimmage, very safe, you know, three, four right. yard routes here and there,
1: right? They weren't asking for a whole lot, mm-hmm. like when it comes down to week two, and then like probably the next week because he's probably not going to see a whole lot of action in the final preseason game. But at the end of the day, like if his arm is air quote weak, like it's a shit ton better than Cam Newton shot yes. putting the that ball is true. five yards, yep. yes, yes, like spot on, mm-hmm. like. If if my stepson can throw the football better than Cam Newton, my stepson Marcus should be playing playing quarterback one for the New England.
0: Puma, you could play better quarterback than Cam Newton in the NFL. You throw everything. You throw everything to the left by four feet. You know.
1: You know I'm I'm, I'm so used to throwing you know throwing a baseball. You know I got to get that little break. But and,
0: and this isn't like a Cam Newton bashing session. And you know, Burgess no. brought it up earlier. The guy is a tremendous leader. He's he says all the right things. You know he seems like he's going to be there for Mac. But, like, at the end of the day, the NFL is a, like, result-oriented business, right? I mean, he's clearly not producing. And and I was hoping, I was hoping last night he'd come out and just, wow, sorry, this is 18 months in the Patriots system. He's learned it all. He knows the playboy like the back of his hand. And he has some talent around him. John Smith obviously took one of his balls for, for a decent yard. So, I was expecting more. And, truthfully, I felt a little bit, you know, a little. I felt like his performance was a little lackluster.
2: But yeah, you just, you just didn't see anything that, that made you think he's going to be anything different that next mm-hmm. this year. Like, you, you, we were looking, if he was going to play, we were looking for some sort of big play or something something there mm-hmm. that made us forget last year. And nothing there with how the offense ran with him. Made me think that that offense with him at the helm is going to be any different than what it was last year. Granted, you may see a uptick in performance just based on the talent that's around him, but you, the, I feel like the ceiling is capped with him. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like you you know what you're going to get with with uh, with Cam Newton, and you know whether you're going to live and die with that. That floor is you know obviously the question. Yeah. The floor for Mac Jones could be lower. You know he comes out and he ends up you know the moment's too big for him and he you know craps his pants and he you know shows that he's a rookie, you know, the floor is probably lower with Mac Jones, but the ceiling is higher. Mm-hmm. And it depends if you want to shoot for that ceiling or if you want to play it safe. Yeah. Well I think this style
0: of football that we're gonna play this year is perfect for a rookie quarterback. We're gonna mm-hmm. run the shit out of the ball. We're gonna ask our great offensive line to just maul people and we're gonna play great defense, granted Gilmore being back, right? Um, and if that's the case, then that is a wet dream for
2: a rookie quarterback. I mean, at the end of the day, it, it it's setting up to be run like the Patriots were run the year Brady took over as starter. Like they were run heavy and they relied on that defense. And it seems like you're getting that same kind of vibe from this team, the way it's built. Um, obviously, the NFL is different now, but you're getting that same kind of vibe like where you're going to put a guy in there where you're not going to ask him to do everything, but you're going to ask him to manage the game not turn the ball over and you know command the line of scrimmage Mm
0: -hmm. yeah um i want to i want to hit on stefan gilmore real quick before we move off the patriots because you know we talked about it briefly but i do think stefan gilmore is our best football player this year and we're gonna need him heavily heavily to anchor our, our our defense so you know, are you guys concerned a little bit? Because I thought by this time of camp we would have heard some rumblings, you know. Obviously last night Jalen Mills didn't have his best performance, so that's you know a a a, a check mark oh, in the God. way of <laughs> a, a, a I could the- have
1: fucking told you that when the ink dried on the contract. <laughs> but but Jalen the Mills. There's a reason why I would always target the Eagles secondary in <laughs> the last two years <laughs> for fantasy football. Jalen Mills is one of the top at the list. Fucking yeah. gas can fire.
0: But I mean, he, he Stefan Gilmore gained some leverage last night with the poor performance of the secondary. Um, so I, I'm hoping something gets resolved here because he is their best football player this upcoming year. No, I mean no I doubt. personally
1: uh, it's, think it's going to
2: get done. Mm-hmm. Ahead, I Bum, mean at I'm this sorry. point
1: it has to get done because it's it's it's, it's Stefan it's Gilmore and then what? Matthew Judon? <laughs> like that's yeah. that's it and Judon's your free agent signing you, you, at yeah. this point. You know, now that leverage pendulum has just swung all the way in in Stephon Gilmore's favor. And, you know, not to bury, you know, Jalen Mills here, but I mean, you know, jack of all trades, but master of none. Like, you can play all (laughs) the positions that you want, but, like, if you're just going to be a gas can every time they throw the ball your way, eh, Hmm. no. No, the, yeah. the leverage is all in Stefan Gilmore's court. And, at this
0: point. and it's nothing crazy, too, right? I mean, at the end of the day, what is it, 5000000 million? I'm sorry, I haven't kept up the details of the negotiations, but I believe it's $5 million that he wants extra, and the Patriots don't want to budge on that. Um, so, I mean, I, Well, he I, probably I,
1: wants more now that Xavier Howard got a, a little mm, bit more true. cheddar in his contract.
2: Yeah, yeah I guess so. Huh. I mean, I, I, I like like you guys both, I think he gained leverage last night, too, Absolutely. And I think that, you know, I think the team itself knows it. I ultimately think they're going to get it done. And, and to be honest with you, yes, the PUP list is a basically contract holdout, I guess you could call it. Yeah. Um, he's supposed to be ready to go by now. But I don't think he'd be playing in these games anyways mm-hmm. just because maybe maybe he sees a series next week or the week after if he's, if he's in camp. But Sure. You know, he you're not going to risk another injury to, to you know the guy who was the defensive player of the year just what two years ago. So, yeah. I, I ultimately think they're going to get it done, whether or not it's going to be a multi year thing or if it's like a, a, a dummy void year extension contract to get just to move the cap around. But I ultimately think he's going to be on the field for the Patriots this year. I I mean at this point uh, he's not going to have a camp in you know the the price you know what you would get in return for him in a trade. You know, you're not you're not going to get what, what he's worth. Yeah. So it, it makes ultimate sense just to, you know, whatever. Give him a one year contract or, you know, however you got to, you know, do it for the salary cap and make it work. But yeah, I ultimately think it's going to get done. Yeah.
0: I just wish he'd, he'd be there. I, you know, I just want to feel better because like already, like I was texting you last night, Burge, like there's a positive energy around this team. I mm-hmm. mean, last year was just so dark around the team. I feel like we're heading towards the right direction. I just want them there gaining experience, you know, meshing with the teammates and just, you know, providing some leadership for the young guys. And, you know, at the later you get into camp and you show up, the the, the higher degree, there is a chance of you getting injured in the regular season, right? Because you don't have all those reps in camp to get your body ready. So. I, I don't know I mean I just I'm I'm hoping he's out there by next week and that'd be wonderful I mean five million dollars seems like it's not that big of a deal in the grand scheme of things when you gave a record was 180 million dollars off season mm-hmm. um, I just don't understand why Belichick would go to Kraft and be like hey this we need five million dollars you know
2: yeah I, like or maybe I said, this
0: I... maybe this is why like maybe this is when Kraft is like well then what the hell?
1: but yeah it doesn't it doesn't help when. You know, you you look at what his you know his brother in arms, Xavier Howard, uh, top one of the top cornerbacks in the NFL. You know, he drew a line in the sand. He said he wanted to get traded. and The Dolphins, for once, didn't bungle anything, and uh, they actually they gave him uh, more guaranteed money. So whatever whatever um, Gilmore was asking, add a couple of more million dollars to that. So he's the highest paid cornerback in the NFL right now.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I it's, it's it's a tough situation. But you you got to think, like, there's obviously been – they've obviously been talking the team in Gilmore. It's not like he's, like, holding out or demanding a trade or anything. I mean, they more or less – at least if, if he's healthy, they more or less put him on the pup list to avoid him holding out and getting fined. Yeah. Right?
1: Yeah.
2: So there's obviously – there's a back and forth there, which is why I think that this will ultimately get done. You know, whatever the number they settle on, whatever the years they settle on – you know, I, I I think it gets done. He's the he's the key to the defense nowadays, in my opinion. So,
0: have you guys have you guys noticed this is the new hold in basically with the how the contracts are written in the CBA? Players basically show up, report to camp, don't get fun, then just sit around and do nothing. eighty thousand a day. I think T.J. <laughs> Watson the same thing in Pittsburgh from correct where he showed up basically just doing drills off by to by himself on the side of the field. Saying I'm only gonna play with the you know the, the full-on team once I get my contract.
2: Do you, do you think the, the the age difference between Howard and and Gilmore plays any sort of factor in this?
1: No, not really, because you know you, you just said it yourself. Like Gilmore is what a year or two removed from you know defensive player of the mm-hmm. year. He was really like the one bright spot throughout the the fucking fifth ring of hell known as the 2020 nfl season for the new england patriots um i i think at this point it's kind of like the same situation where julio jones got his contract restructured by the falcons granted it was a bad fucking move by the falcons to give that guy more money but you know julio jones arguably was at the time still the best wide receiver of the nfl and they wanted to make sure he was accommodated accordingly. I I think Gilmore is the best cornerback in the NFL right now and he should be getting paid accordingly as well too. No yeah. shade against Xavier Howard, but like it's you know at this point like in theory if you're playing under the greatest coach of all time, you're the greatest cornerback in the NFL right now. Yeah, you're the bright spot of that defense, so you should be getting paid. Yeah.
0: And I think it also comes down to where the teams are in general, right? I mean, the Miami Dolphins are an ascending team, right? 10 wins Mm -hmm. last year, and you guys are on the way up. Where I think with the Patriots, it's a completely different story. You know, we were at the mountaintop, and obviously. Last year, you know, Belichick got got pantsed by Brady on a national stage. But everything this offseason is geared towards making sure that doesn't happen again, making sure we win double digit te- uh, games and get back in the playoffs. So I think there's a sense of urgency in, in the Patriots situation than there is with the, with the Dolphins situation, right?
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, yep, Brady didn't exactly. didn't
0: pants Brian Flores. He pants Ty- Bill Belichick last year. I want to say that again. Pantsed him. Capital P? <laughs> no, but, but, you know, it's just, uh...
1: <laughs> that silence you here, that's the sound of, uh, of Eric Burgess, a.k.a. the Burge, going to dig up a pistol and put it in his mouth right now. No,
0: that sound is, uh, Burge taking my little woody doll he has of me, and he's pinching the me woody,
1: the with damn some it sort it of doll! <laughs> he's hitting
2: against the door frame. My God i just not going to let that go until Bill does something, will do you? Until Hurry Bill up.
0: wins a Super Bowl, oh I will not
2: let it go.
0: Bad little frauds. S-
2: Super no. Bowl or bust, right? For the Patriots exactly. this year?
0: Exactly. Super Bowl or bust. Damn it
1: torpedoes. Brutal. <laughs>
0: um,
2: all right, just so, eat your popcorn uh, over there. Come on.
1: I am. I'm, I'm eating a shit ton of popcorn right now. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Alright, so it's not a training camp and uh, a new football season is upon us and with every football season It seems that Carson Wentz has a new injury as well Uh, The latest being (laughs) the latest being the quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts had to undergo surgery on his foot Which is gonna lead him to miss five to twelve weeks, which is quite the disparity Um, you know as much as Puma loves Tyler Heineke He also loves himself some Frank Reich and Carson Wentz So sir, how do you feel about this injury for the Indianapolis Colts?
1: Well, for for all the listening audience here, apparently this was an old injury dating back to high school where he was, shocker, he was at practice and he was warming up. And apparently this bone broke loose and uh, they had to go in and take it out. Now, it looks like by all accounts, uh, post-op, like the the swelling is good. You know, there hasn't been really any complications at this point. I mean, we'll be, I want to say, two to three weeks to the day next this coming tuesday um, so if all's going according to plan he could still be in line to start week one uh but you know jim ursa came out yesterday uh yesterday being thursday the 12th of august and said like you know we're not going to rush carson we want him to be back 100 but if his if his body's responding positively to the rehab there hasn't been any setbacks there isn't any issues with the suture on his foot it's not beyond, uh, you know, beyond the realm of possibility that he could start Week One. So, oh, really? you know, on on a panic meter, I would put this maybe at like a a five, especially because you know Quentin Nelson, the offensive lineman, the anchor mm-hmm. of that offensive line for the Indianapolis Colts, essentially has the same injury, and he might be in line to start Week One, Week Two. Worst case, if uh, if his body responds positively to the suture, and the swelling. Now, granted, if there's a setback, you know, best case is going to probably be, you know, week six of the NFL season if it's a 12-week time frame. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. you know, by all accounts, everything seems to be kind of going according to plan for Carson Wentz. So I think he, he's still in line to make a, a week one start.
0: So basically it could be as late as week six, which is against the Texans. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, at that point of the season, you're, you're going through Seattle, Rams, Titans, Dolphins, Ravens, I mean at that point you could be one and four if yep. you know you you don't have a, a Carson Wentz level quarterback. Uh, from what I understand, Sam Ellinger is gonna get some of the reps and who's the other guy they're getting some of the reps as well. Jacob, uh, Eason. Jacob Eason? Eason. Yeah. I mean both those guys I have no faith in. So I mean if he comes back week one and he's healthy, that's gonna be great for the Colts. But if he comes back the worst case scenario against the Texans, you could be looking at a one and four team by the time they roll into you know into Houston.
1: But the thing is, yeah, I mean- too, like, you, you look at that running attack. I'm sorry, Burris. You look at that running attack, you have, you know, you got Marlon Mack. you still let, you got Jonathan Taylor. And you have a defense that can win games on their own. So mm-hmm. if, yeah, you have the Eason or you have Sam Ellinger back there, but if you just pound the rock and lean on the defense for a couple of weeks and just tread water – you know, I think, especially in the AFC South, we said at the last episode that it's really between the Titans and the Colts. And I'm, I'm just waiting for father, you know, the, you know, father carries to catch up to Derrick Henry. And then we're going to see what this offense looks like when you actually have to throw the ball 35 plus times
2: a game. Mm-hmm. But
1: right. if they can tread water, I, I, I can live with Ellinger and, and Jacob Eason
2: yeah so so what i've seen what i've seen like i i drafted carson wentz in my dynasty fantasy league this this past week with the intention of you know getting him on dirt cheap i paid a dollar for him and and just iring him for six weeks and just having him come back after that when he's healthy and i put him on ir and i got woke up when i woke up from my you know sleep during the day because i'm on you know the lovely graveyard shift um the guys in the league were like he's supposed to play week one you got to take him off i'm like what I was stunned when I read that because you know, you know, you, you heard that report, and I know like five to twelve weeks wasn't five to twelve NFL weeks. It was you know from the time he had the surgery and all that. But I, I no thought in my mind was like he's going to be on the, the the short end of this. So I, I was, for one, stunned when I read that, and Jim say coming out saying no timetable. I think it's just to you know be like, hey, we're going to take our time with this. You know, maybe he's not ready right. week one, but he's ready week three um you know practicing you know all that he's walking without a boot already which is pretty impressive you mm-hmm. uh, know after mm-hmm. surgery um but you know in terms of the colts performance you know without him i mean frank reich I, you know i'm reading an article he, he came out and basically said it's jacob eason's job right now and he's he's got to you know he's got to earn it. he's getting all the reps and all that and it's basically his job to lose um if wentz is not healthy um the thing with you know their great running attack and their great defense. Yes, they, their great defense will will probably see the field more if Carson Wentz isn't in there. But that running attack, I mean, if you're a team a, def, a defense going against, especially you list out those teams that they got to play at you know at the beginning of the season, you're going to game plan to make Jacob Eason or or Ellinger beat you. So they're going to take away that running game and they're going to make these kids throw the ball. And that running that running game is such a strength for them. And if they have any difficulty against any of these defenses that are, that they're going to see, you know they're gonna they're gonna be in for a tough a tough go at it without without Wentz.
0: Yeah, and and I and I, I obviously you know Jacob Wilson seems to be the guy. But if I'm Frank Reich, I really consider you know Sam Ellinger. I was I was high on him coming out of college. I think he he provided the the Texas Longhorns with quite a bit on a, a really bad team, truthfully. He, you know, he has a thick build for the quarterback position. He's you know, he's tough and moves the well, he moves well in the pocket. Um, you know, everybody praises his leadership qualities, right? And, and at the end of the day, he can really throw the ball, uh, you know, down the field. So I I would really consider starting Ellinger over Jacob Eason. Obviously, Eason has more time in the system, so that might be working to his benefit. But I was high on Ellinger coming out of college, and I would love to see him get an opportunity with the Colts.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it, like you said, it's, it's it's more or less like an open competition. Neither mm-hmm. of the guys have played any games in the NFL. So, mm-hmm. you know, let them, you know, let them duke it out and, you know, whoever comes out big there, whoever comes out better there, let them go. You know, I I don't think there's any I don't think any of us here are going to say that one of those two guys can basically supplant Wentz when he's healthy. I think Wentz is the guy there when yeah. he's healthy no matter what. So, you're basically looking for somebody to limp you to that point and yeah. to 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 basically be as efficient as possible, not turn the ball over, and manage games as best you can to, you know, get the, the desired result.
0: Listen, I know the Colts came out and said they're not going to make a trade for any quarterback, but I would consider bringing Nick Foles back to Indianapolis. Oh, at
1: here we end, go. All right, the, Coward. All the, right.
0: Puma, at the end of the day. <laughs> All
1: right. Puma. Puma, let's Let's go, go trade for Gardner Minshew. Puma. Minshew mania. We'll get cut a, off shorts in Indianapolis. No, no.
0: Hear me out for a Hear second. Him out.
1: Let's, Hear him out.
0: Let's say Week One, Carson Wentz goes out there. Do you have confidence that he's going to start seventeen games this year? Do you do you honestly believe he's going to start seventeen games this year? I don't. No, of course not. The men's his 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 ability down the field is horrendous. So, I, I'm this is not a crazy take to try to go out there and supplant your backup position for the quarterback that's been hurt five of the last six years. I mean, is that a crazy thought?
1: No, it's not a crazy thought, but if they thought it was a problem, they would have traded for fucking Foles by now. Like, there's how many quarterbacks are there in Chicago? There's Justin Fields, there's Foles, there's Andy there's Dalton. Andy Dalton with like the the fucking red rifle beard. He looks like you know Tom Hanks on Castaway with the full on <laughs> beard right now. Like and I, it, there's like one other quarterback in that room. Like if at that point, like if the, if you felt like you hit the iceberg and Frank Reich wanted his buddy Nick Foles back, he would have fucking traded for him by now. I like at this rate, if they're going to trade for a quarterback, like Gardner Minshew might actually be higher on that list. That's than, fine. That's Nick fine. Nick Foles, Foles was point, just, just
0: just because a name. of how
1: bad that contract is. But you know if if they're Nick going Foles in w- right now. If they're going in right now and they're expecting like Jacob Eason to compete for that starting job, if worst case Carson Wentz isn't ready, then they're just going to be doing high percentage completion throws, dumbing down the offense, we're gonna lean on the running attack, and we're gonna put you know, we'll put the game in our defensive hand in the defensive side of the football's hands. They just paid Darius Leonard, like they made him what? Like one of the highest paid linebackers right now, a five year ninety nine million dollar extension. Like, you're not going to do that after your quarterback goes down with an injury and not have faith in your defensive side of the football.
0: Listen, all I'm saying is, and the Nick Foles thing is just a name I threw out there. It doesn't have to be him. If Jacob Eason isn't going to pan out for you, and he's not going to be a viable starter if Carson Wentz does get hurt, which the chances are very high that he's going to get hurt, even if he starts 17 games this year, I would honestly look at a viable uh, quarterback to bring in as a backup. I mean, Fuck it. Let it be Gardner Minshew. Just
2: just have the idea in the
0: back of your mind.
2: Puma, Puma. Didn't didn't Nick Foles lead Frank Reich's offense to a Super Bowl championship? Yeah. Before after, uh, before know, he Carson, left Carson Philly, after, after the, cost...
1: played the blocks down on an MVP you know, trajectory performance. But yeah, like, like yeah, I get but, the but, I but, get but, the point. He, I mean, he, all right. We'll we'll get the we'll get the band back together. But at the end of the day, like if I you're mean, gonna do that and there could be many an argument being made as to why it didn't work out in Philadelphia, and if you're in the camp of Carson Wentz isn't mentally tough enough to have Nick Foles back in the locker room, you just traded a second round pick where if he hits certain escalators could potentially be a first round pick, you're not gonna do you're not gonna torpedo your own draft stock by having this guy come back in.
2: What do you think? That. What do you think? Vic Foles would cost? What do you think he'd cost on the well, trade market? Well, you have market? to
1: eat his contract. Like you'd have to take on that contract. Of uh, uh, you know what's left, it was a friggin' albatross of a contract that the that the uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars signed him to. And then even though the Chicago Bears tried to restructure it to make it work to get him on on the Chicago Bears roster, it's still a freaking albatross of a it's- contract.
2: I mean, it's 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 a basically a two-year deal.
1: Yeah, but you it's basically you're gonna give a two-year up deal. You're gonna but, give what are you going to have to picks? give up
2: to get him a third-round pick? To get the a, a third-string a quarterback on the Bears.
1: A conditional fourth. I mean, the, it's it's also the Chicago Bears that you're dealing with. Like it's the Bears that just keep bungling things up under Ryan Pace. Like maybe a conditional fourth-round pick might get it done. But at the end of the day, like Frank Reich knows Carson Wentz, he knows what's going on in between his ears. Like if he doesn't think, if he thinks that bringing Nick Foles into the fray for a couple of weeks just to tread water until Wentz comes back is going to be bad for the team long term, he's not going to do it. Hmm. I mean,
2: Nick you know Foles also caught fire for...
0: with. You know what's also bad for the team say... long term? L- losing games and then having a quarterback come back and get hurt again—that's pretty bad.
1: That's pretty I pretty mean, bad, but like at the end of the day, if you're if you're gonna be if you know the guy that you're worked with, that you helped scouted, that you drafted, because you're on that coaching staff when you got when they traded up to to get that to to get uh, Carson Wentz, you know what you have in them. At that point, you might as well just let it roll with Sam Ellinger and and, and Jacob Eason and tread waterway through defense. Like I don't understand how that's like a I don't get how that's a bridge too far. Like it's the, it's mean, it's the it's, AFC South, and we've seen I what mean, I, we've seen what Russell Wilson looks like against a good defense when they actually put the ball in his hands, and he throws you know three picks in, in, a, in a in a in a in a in a single in a single game when everyone's kind of comparing him to Josh Allen on on the picks last year.
2: I mean, I don't I don't think that I think Indianapolis is a team that you know is is in position to contend for a Super Bowl, and. I'd want to ensure, ensure, like you said, like everybody always goes on about the most important p- position in the game, quarterback. I'd want to ensure that I have a guy in there that I know is going to be, you know, effective no matter who it is, whether it's the starter the backup, whatever. I'd want to have that. And I, I just don't understand why why trading for, for Nick Foles is a bridge too far at this point. I mean, yes, he has a little bit higher of a cap hit. I think it's uh, – I just had it up here. It's it's a it's a 6 point it's a 6 6, six, 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 $6 million dollar cap hit. Well, this year, 10 next year, and the guy caught fire with Frank Reich. I mean, he played what 7 games the year they won the Super Bowl and he caught fire right away. And well, they came right in, they picked right up where they left off and they end up winning the Super Bowl against, you know, regrettably, the New England Patriots. I don't understand why you wouldn't want to insure ensure that position and, and not trust a rookie to have to play You know, at worst, you know, at the worst case on this, six weeks of, you know, this original injury and then risking a guy who's been, you know, historically injury prone late in seasons, um, you know, as you're gearing up for a playoff run.
0: Well, I think it comes down to the fact that you don't want to recreate that whole scenario or that whole circus you had in Philadelphia with Carson Wentz and Nick Foles there, right? I understand that part of it and how it could affect the the you know the, the mental strength of of Carson Wentz. Which, if by the way, and having Nick Foles in the locker room completely derails this kid, then that's a whole different conversation we do have. But right. let's say it's not even Nick Foles. I mean, I, I just threw a name out there, just to throw a name out there, but. Why can't it be Gardner Minshew? Why can't it be somebody that is going to give you enough, you know, obviously quarterback plays to get you to a Super Bowl? Like you said, at the end of the day, this team is really good. You can run the hell out of the ball. They play great defense. They've got good weapons. I think, you know, if J.K. Eason – I have no faith in J.K. Eason or, you know, or if Sam Mango doesn't pan out, then you go out there and try to find a veteran quarterback that you can trade for him.
1: Yeah. And listen, if, if we come to Tuesday – this coming Tuesday, or we, you know, later on this coming week, and there's reports that come out saying, "Hey, Carson Wentz had a setback in his in his rehab and his recovery from a foot injury." Then, yeah, if Chris Ballard's, you know, the GM that everyone thinks he is, and he just got a contract extension along with Frank Reich, he's going to do his due diligence. He's going to pick up the friggin' phone. He's going to start calling about available quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. But if everything is on track next week and there hasn't been any setbacks, there's no need to pick up the phone. Like, okay, Carson Wentz just has to hang out for a little bit, rehab, and you tread water in, in the preseason and training camp with the pride and joy of Texas and then the pride and joy of the University of Washington. And worst case, one of those guys starts week one and week two.
0: Yeah, listen that that part we're not debating. Uh, we're just talking about the long term effect uh, of course when it's playing seventeen games. You know right. the stats. Well if that was the
1: case if that was the case then why would Frank Reich and Chris Ballard trade him in the first place?
0: I don't know. They're stupid. I mean at the end of it the is a Colts after all. I mean, they're one of the, the dumbest organizations out there. I personally have a hatred against him ever since it started to uh, Deflate gate, but I said a different story for a different day. But all I'm saying is, you know how these you know how these GMs think? Do you know how these coaches think? Oh, no, he won't, he won't get hurt in my system. Oh, I know how to use him properly. I had a rapport with him. I know in situations put in where he won't get hurt. Well, sometimes that doesn't work out. He was out there, you know, and he, he, he fucking put his foot down the wrong way and it cracked. So who knows? These things happen. I mean, at the end of the day, they don't expect going into a season thinking that he's going to be hurt or not, you know?
1: Right, but again, Frank Reich was in there scouting the kid, and he was there when the, he blew his knee out in the the Super Bowl winning season. Like, if if he had any issues or qualms about going after him, and Chris Ballard didn't sign off on it, and ultimately Jim Ursay, if he had any questions, they would have signed off on it. I mean, yeah. I think I think I, I think I think
0: you're not. Addressing the fact that the Colts were in a pretty bad quarterback position in itself, like I mean they had Philip Rivers who could barely throw the football anymore and was costing them and holding them back last year, and they were in a position where like well we got to get somebody in here, and they they struck a deal with with the Eagles and he came in, but I I don't know if they had a choice to get a different quarterback that had a better durable history, I think they would have taken that chance, you know. Yeah,
2: well, I think they you know
1: they were also would have been in on Tom Brady last year too, but like oh yeah. You know at, at at the end of the day like th- oh i love that th- that awesome. same question could be that same question could be <laughs> said about what's going to happen with this guy like you know yeah am i am i sound like a carson west defender right now absolutely and that's fine but like we haven't even been two weeks removed from surgery like at the end of this week if there's been any setbacks by all means pick up the phone
0: i'm sorry i didn't hear anything you said because i just pictured tom Brady in a 12 culture Coming into Gillette and pantsing Bill Belichick, ooh, that's that's a wet treatment and a
2: half right there. <laughs> you know, you had me, you had me at the great the great image of Tom Brady playing for the Colts, and then you had to throw that in. My God, my God,
0: Week Four, baby, Buccaneers Patriots, let's go, Fox! <laughs> I cannot wait
2: for that game. I can't wait for the pod before that game. Oh my God, Epic. Buc-
0: Buccaneers fifty-five, Ugh. Patriots. Seventeen, you know, that, thats what we're all with, you know, and then and then they double bird to Bill Belichick as Tom Brady runs off the field. Oh, that'd be perfect. That'd
2: be perfect. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Uh, all
0: right, listen. At the expense of trying to make a uh, have another issue with our technical difficulties, maybe we should wrap this up. How about that?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I let's like out, that. Let's Let's pull the plug. This episode of the pod and previous episodes of the fucking podcast can be found on SoundCloud, Spotify, Google, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, YouTube, and Apple Podcasts. Uh, be sure to, uh, to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. I don't know how the algorithm works, but it does. Uh, it helps us get exposure social media-wise, Facebook, Instagram, Pro Football Radio Podcast, Twitter at PFR Podcast. I'm on the Twitter machine, Brando underscore Puma. Jay Chima's at Jay Chima. Our senior contributor, Eric Burgess, a.k.a. The Burge, is on Twitter at Burge, the goalie. And uh, he's still a little bit sore about the Tampa Bay Lightning winning the uh, Stanley Cup final. We can't tell. Definitely, definitely at him and find out his thoughts on it. Uh, but like, subscribe, download, God. share, share with your friends, share with your family. Tell your friends, tell your friends. Pro Football Radio Podcast is back.
0: Burge, I finally bought my first uh, CBJ uh, Blue Jackets uh, t-shirt.
2: I'm very satisfied with that. I have no hatred toward, the, uh, toward, this, to, toward Columbus there. They're in I'm, for I'm- uh, a rough season, but it's going to be it's fun. okay. Okay, I've had enough money for the past 20 years from Ron I shouldn't. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> Spoiled!
0: I, uh, <laughs> we'll see you guys next week.
1: Bye! Go. Goat he oh, here we go. shit. <laughs>